Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my office in Bourbon, Illinois, on this rainy Sunday. This is the 22nd edition, and people say they're getting better. Hope so. Anyway, I'm Weber, and I'm honored and delighted you took time out of your schedule to listen. This episode is entitled, Reflections from White Trash. Today, I'm going to talk about yet another Trump indictment, Bible banning, Target's continuing wokeness woes, cracker in a barrel, one astute cop, Congress's artificial intelligence actions, China, Biden, and a few other noteworthy tidbits before winding up with my latest commentary. This podcast is brought to you by the folks at Court Street Ford, now in their 40th year servicing Kankakee County. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. Court Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. I did. You know, someday historians will look back at us and assert this may have been the most bizarre and dishonest era in American political history at best, or the very demise of this country at worst. This constant witch hunt of Donald Trump by the FBI and the DOJ is ludicrous and immoral, and it's high time someone with balls stand up and say, enough, I'm pissed. Where is the Republican Party or the federal judges outraged by these illegal shenanigans? There's ample evidence Joe Biden as vice president treasonously sold information to foreign countries, information the FBI and DOJ have been sitting on. Yet the DOJ continues to look under every rock to find something they can pin on Trump just to knock him out of the race. The deep state takes one charge and amplifies it by, in this case, 37 times, turning the one charge over and inside out and sideways. They're afraid of him, folks. There's no longer equal justice in this country, and it's time something was done about it. I hope to God Trump wins by a landslide now and then pardons himself. Liberal heads will explode. At least presidential candidate Vivek Ramsawamy, and I probably screwed that name up, a formidable force in his own right, has said if elected he will pardon Trump. A man with balls. What a novel idea. With that name, I don't think there is a chance in hell Vivek can win a nomination, if we're being honest. But that's a shame, as he's a smart man and might be able to get our budget mess under control. You just knew it had to happen. The Davis School District in Salt Lake City, Utah, a district of 72,000 kids, has banned the Bible. You heard that right, the Bible. One upset parent complained some Bible verses were vulgar and violent. So a committee of pinheads reviewed the scriptures and determined they would ban the Bible in elementary and middle school. While they were at it, they banned two other books, The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie and Looking for Alaska by John Green. Think about that. Three books banned because of one parent and a spineless committee. And, of course, this action had to have a counter-reaction 
So someone then complained about the Book of Mormon, which is now being reviewed too. It's Utah, folks. That Book of Mormon isn't going anywhere. I went on one school's library website and found they have a book called The Whispers by Greg Howard. It's recommended reading for 9- to 12-year-olds, and there's about an 11-year-old boy who is gay. There were 30 other books listed under the gay category in one library in the district. So, the Bible is unfit for kids, but a book about a gay boy is just fine. You know, I thought I was the second coming of Mickey Mano when I was 10, but I grew out of that phase who? Speaking of gay, Target's value continues to plummet over their targeting children with their gay and demonic sales. Maybe there is some sanity left in this country after all. Target's market evaluation has now cost them $15 billion. Even my family members have agreed not to shop there anymore. When will corporate America learn that most people in this country are not interested in the sex lives of adults and we draw the line of marketing that crap to kids? Bud Light sales continue to slide as well. Modelo Beer should send the marketing department at Budweiser a nice fruit basket, no pun intended, for their brilliant move in allowing Modelo to be number one in sales in May. Well, you can cross Cracker Barrel off the places you want to eat, too. That's unless you want to contribute to another woke corporation celebrating Pride Month with the rainbow-painted rocking chairs, among other things. Yep, even Cracker Barrel has to do the belly flop in the wokeness pool. Why not just keep your mouth shut when you have liberal and conservative customers? Oh, well, they don't serve wine there anyway. Hey, Officer Kayla Wallace of the North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina Police Department is to be lauded. On May 28th, she saw a white Jeep blow a red light, so she pulled it over. There was a female driver and a male passenger. She was speaking to the vehicle's occupants and noticed the female driver mouthed the words, Help me repeatedly. She looked distraught, so the astute officer Wallace removed the male passenger, placing him in the backseat of her squad car. She went back to speak to the female driver, who then told her the man had just shot someone. No sooner than this information was given her by the female passenger, it was broadcast over her radio by a dispatcher to watch for a vehicle involved in a shooting. And here Officer Wallace already had the suspect in the back seat of her car. She also found his gun under the seat of the Jeep. Well done, Officer Wallace. It's officers like you who make us all proud. Well, our congressmen might actually be doing something we pay them for. Senator Gary Peters, a dim from Michigan, along with Senators Mike Braun of Indiana and James Langford of Oklahoma, both Republicans, have induced a bill that would require federal agencies to notify individuals when they are interacting with critical decisions made using artificial intelligence known as AI. That's the good news. The bad news is they also want to create yet another government agency to assess whether the U.S. is keeping pace with other countries when it comes to AI matters. You know, that's all fine and well, but if I were king, the government would be required to shutter one other agency before creating another one to suck more of our taxpayer money into. They are concerned specifically about competing with China on the matter of AI. Can you imagine the bureaucracy that is going to create and what it will cost us? Oh, well, at least they are actually looking into AI, a subject that I'm really concerned about.
I'm sure there are all kinds of things, both good and bad, that I haven't thought of about AI. I might possibly know more about women than AI. That's how foreign it is to me. On a personal level, I just paid an exorbitant amount of money to have my upcoming novel, Romeo Way, line edited. Don't ask me the difference between a line edit and a regular edit, but that's what they told me I needed. Anyway, after I wrote the check and submitted the manuscript, I got to wondering, how do I know a real person is editing my book and not some AI computer program that takes two minutes to accomplish? I asked, and they claimed a real human will be doing the editing and will take eight to ten weeks, but they didn't give me the name of said human. Some things you just have a hunch about. Dad always called me a suspicious bastard. Speaking of dads, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. My dad has been gone seven years now, and I sure do miss him. Seems the older I get, the more I miss him. I'm a dad myself to four kids who have all done me proud. And I'm the granddad to ten kiddos with an eleventh on the way. Hey guys, Rod Stewart has put his Beverly Hills, California home up for sale. For only 70 million bucks, you can own his English country estate on the Pacific Ocean. I wonder if he decided he couldn't pay the real estate taxes. Can you imagine that, Bill? Rod bought the property back in 1991 for 12 million bucks. 12 million bucks just for ground. The home has nine bedrooms and 14 bathrooms, a guard gate just to the entrance of the neighborhood, and then double gates on the driveway. No word if Maggie May is included. Did you see the Wall Street Journal reported China and Cuba have reached a deal to establish an electronic eavesdropping facility in Cuba? That is to enable them to stick a big ear on the southeast part of our country, where we have lots of military bases. Guess weather balloons weren't enough for our soon-to-be Chinese comrades. At about the exact same time this information came to light, it was reported 37 Chinese aircraft crossed into Taiwan's airspace, thumbing their nose at Taiwan and Joe Biden. And while all this is going on, we here in the U.S. are arguing with each other about allowing transgenders to perform in front of high school children. Advise your grandchildren to start learning Mandarin. Here's something else for all of us to be worried about. Did you ever consider Joe Biden as one fall away from putting Kamala Harris behind the president's desk? Now that is scary. Speaking of Joe, he might want to be just a little bit concerned about Robert Kennedy Jr., who is gaining traction. Kennedy just returned from visiting the border, the real one, not the one Joe showed up at, and demonstrating concern for the mess at the border. I'm thinking Kennedy is a viable candidate for the Democrat Party and might just give the Republicans a race. Chevrolet is making an electric Corvette, and the first one sold for $1.1 million at an auction, 10 times the list price. NASCAR team owner Rick Hendrick bought the first one just so he could say he had the first one. Some things, like the Corvette, should be sacred. For the record, I've owned Corvettes, and still would if I could get in and out of the damn things without falling on the ground. What next? Electric Lamborghinis or Ford GTs? No thanks. Hey, the largest governor in Illinois history just signed the largest state budget in history, over 50 billion bucks, said Governor Pritzker. Collectively, it's an expression of our commitment to equity, resilience, and prosperity for generations to come. He blathered on some more but it would just bore you. Equity and prosperity is what he mentioned. 
I'm not sure how both can be accomplished except by socialistic means. We all share equally in the misery leveled on us by the billionaire who buys mansions and tears out the toilets to avoid taxes. My suspicion radar is going off the chart. By the way, way down in the bottom of the report, it says that budgeted is 550 million bucks we Illinoisans will be paying to provide health care to illegal aliens. $550 million going to the health care for people who broke the law by flooding our border illegally. Cynthia Weil passed away this week at age 82. She wrote the song, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, which was made hugely popular by the Righteous Brothers in 1964. She also wrote the songs, We Gotta Get Out of This Place, A Hit by the Animals, and Hungry by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Rest in peace, Cynthia. Hey, this episode came to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. You can depend on the Ryan's Insurance Company for nearly all your insurance needs and in many different states. Call the 5-936-0075 for a quote today. That's 815-936-0075. Or look for them at their website at www.grinsure.com. Now for reflections from White Trash. Surfing the net in search of stories to comment on from my podcast, I came across a CNN headline entitled, How to Win Trumpism. As I'm leaning towards voting for Trump, the opinion piece caught my eye, even if it came from CNN. The commentary was penned by Professor Julian Zelizer of Princeton University, an Ivy League school. Every word in that last sentence should give you an indication where this rebuttal is going. My first question was, why do we need to win Trumpism? I've never heard anyone say we need to win a Democrat party. Well, except me, but I'm from Shabance. Zelizer starts by quoting an interview by CNN with former FBI Director James Comey, blaming Trumpism for distrust of the FBI. No, Mr. Comey, that's not Trump's fault. That fault goes to the people running the damn organization, like yourself, for allowing Crossfire Hurricane, which spawned a sham impeachment and cost the country nearly a billion dollars, or the cross-dressing maniacal J. Edgar Hoover or Chris Wray, who has been sitting on documentation of alleged Biden crimes. The FBI has become the Gestapo arm for the Democrat Party. That is why people like myself don't trust the FBI. Zelizer explains, and I put that in quotation marks, that to understand Trumpism, one must look at the GOP base, which is rooted in the white base of the Republican Party. Well, Captain Obvious, it's known that most African Americans and Latino Americans, 90% and 66% respectively, vote Democrat. So what's left? From that vantage point, he regurgitates a well-documented report from another CNN source stating the GOP majority in the House in 2023 generally represents districts with older, non-college educated, lower income, white voters. There you have it. Trump voters are poor white trash, according to the liberal Princeton professor. Given that I'm 66 years old, I am part of that older group. I had only one year of college, so check that box, too. I would have a heck of a lot more money if the government didn't take so much of it. So let's click that box. And I'm white. The liberal professor from Princeton is agreeing with the CNN reporter that I'm white trash. 
He bloviates further that Trumpism is influential because it promotes ideas that are similar to the opinions in this white trash subset. I guess we are unworthy of an opinion. We are nationalistic, nativistic, distrustful, disruptive, and hostile to social and cultural changes, he states. There is a lot to unpack with that last sentence. In his opinion, those are evidently bad traits to have today. I was kind of proud of them, but there again, shabance. We want control over our borders. We want our tax money going to fund our own citizens. We are distrustful of politicians, and we don't want transvestitism and cross-dressers parading in our children's schools. The liberal professor on the East Coast thinks those traits are bad. Us white trashers must have missed a memo. Zalister then blusters that the Democrats from the South drifted over to the Republican Party. In his view, the people from the party that brought us slavery, civil war, and Jim Crow laws, all the nasty ones, switched sides to the Republican Party. He backed that up by claiming historians have traced this shift and that dastardly Republican Party welcomed those people with open arms. I know a lot of Republicans, including some black folks, and not one has expressed a desire to own a slave. He points out the Republican Party moved away from liberal Northeasterners, too which had pulled the party towards center, but then they pulled the party sharply to the right, culminating to the election of Ronald Reagan. Oh, the inhumanity! According to the liberal professor, Trump understood all these deteriorating changes to the GOP, and he pounced on the opportunity. He takes a shot at the Tea Party, you know, which might still be a business had Obama not sick the IRS on them, who pushed conspiracy theories, voting restrictions, and debt ceiling threats even before Trump. He doesn't explain why it's bad to want fiscal responsibility with a debt ceiling or to require people to show ID to vote, as if it's just understood those are bad things. And finally, the liberal professor completely goes off the rails. To end Trumpism will require a massive effort by the party to reconfigure its coalition and find leaders who will promote a different kind of conservatism than what Trump has to offer. And then Zalister offers the poster child for rhinos. Liz Cheney has just the right person we Republicans need. You know, I'm not sure what this guy is smoking or what CNN paid him for that Pollyannish hogwash, but I can say with certainty what would happen with his harebrained idea. Much of the Republican Party, such as us white trashers, would leave the party to form a new one. Perhaps that's what the liberal professor wants. If this is the kind of commentary CNN is pushing, they still have a long way to go to get back to credibility. Hey, that's all I got for you today, folks. Hope you liked this episode. You can visit my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com for past blogs and podcasts. Or send me a note with your thoughts about the program, and I might just send you a Weber's Whipping Post hat. Steve Lemon just got one. Thanks a million for listening in. Please tell others about this podcast. So long, folks. Music